Guy over there said your name is McPherson. That right? McPherson nodded. The other man stuck out his hand. I'm Billy Simpson. Billy, not William or Bill or any other damn name. Just Billy, the way my old man named me. He didn't give me no middle initial, but the Navy did. N for no middle initial. Ain't that a crock? I'm going to the S-37. We're the only two going there, so I thought we should get acquainted with each other. He thrust out his hand again, arching his narrow chest as he did so. McPherson shook hands with him. How long have you been in the Navy? McPherson asked. Eleven months, Simpson said. Got out of boot camp and went to a tin can. That's a destroyer. Got me a case of jaundice, and that sent me to the hospital in San Diego. He tipped his white hat down over his forehead until the brim rested on his eyebrows. Made me a little run one evening on a Navy nurse, a lieutenant he drawled. She didn't like the idea of an enlisted man patting her on the ass. Not that she had such a great ass, come to think of it. She put me on report, and they threw me in a brig for a week. They hauled me up in front of Captain's Mast and said I was a troublemaker, and since I was over the jaundice, they were going to send me while all the troublemakers get sent to the Asiatic fleet. What did you do to screw up? Nothing that I know of, McPherson said. I got out of boot camp, and they sent me to radio operator school in Diego. When I passed the graduation exams, you can take those whenever you think you can pass them, they sent me to Goat Island in San Francisco to wait for the Chaumont. He paused. I haven't seen you around anywhere. Where have you been? Down in the engine rooms? Down in the damned bilges is where I've been, Simpson answered. The ship's company firemen on this here ship don't know what that bilges look like. Soon as they get a draft aboard, they put all the draft engineers down in the bilges and keep them there. McPherson grinned. I've been learning a trade on the way over from the States, chipping rust and wire brushing and painting, every day the whole trip. At least you up in the sunshine and fresh air, not down in the damned bilges. And in the rain, don't forget that. The Navy's the only place in the world where they paint while it's raining, McPherson said. You were lucky to be down in the bilges. If you could get in trouble with a Navy nurse in the hospital, you'd have been short-shafted every Friday morning if you were working up here on deck. Simpson frowned. Why would I be in trouble? What short-shafting? I spent most of the trip working up here on the boat deck where we are now. Over there, by that air vent pipe, they stretched a piece of rope from one side of the boat deck to the other. We worked after the rope. Forward of the rope was where the wives and daughters of officers in the draft took their sunbaths in bathing suits— that was a restricted area. We weren't supposed to even look at the women and the daughters. If one of the officer's wives caught you looking at them, she'd call the master at arms and put you on report. On Friday morning, you'd be short-shafted. He stopped and looked at Simpson. You people in the engine rooms hold field day every Friday, clean and polish everything in sight, get ready for inspection Saturday morning? Simpson nodded. Okay, topside on Friday morning, the bosun mates wet down the wooden decks with saltwater hoses, and then they spread sand all over the wet deck. They give you a holy stone. That's a real heavy, real rough sort of a brick with a little shallow hole gouged in the top of the brick. They give you a long pole, like a broomstick, only a lot thicker and heavier. You put the end of the pole in the hole on top of the holy stone and push it back and forth across the wet, sandy deck. It's hard work. You have to bear down real hard to keep the end of the pole in the holy stone and move it. But it scrubs the wooden deck clean as anything. If you're on report, they give you a pole that's only about two feet long. That's short-shafting. It looked to me like it was awful hard work to bend over and still push the holy stone. 
The officer's wife or daughter who had put you on report would always be there to make sure the guy they'd put on report got short-shafted. Won't be any damned women aboard our submarine, Simpson said. Don't see how any submarine can have bilges either. Too small a ship. You know what one of the ship's company machinists' mate told me? He said that once you learned all about a submarine, inside and out and passed a test, I think he called it some name like qualifying. You got extra pay. He said twenty-five bucks a month extra. McPherson's eyes widened. That much? I get thirty-six dollars a month as a seaman's second. That would almost double my pay. The S-37 swung on a marine cable shackled to a buoy in the center reach of the Yangtze River. On either side of the river, the mudflats steamed in the summer heat. Upstream, the sun glinted on the buildings of the International Settlement, the walled and guarded enclave maintained by foreign nations within the city of Shanghai.